This is your itinerary for travel and photography with your host, Rob Knight. Welcome to your itinerary. My name is Rob Knight, and this is episode number 28. And this week, I'm talking with a photographer by the name of David Byrne, not that David Byrne. Uh, David is a uh, traveler and photographer in that order. And uh, I hooked up with David via Twitter. And that reminds me, be sure and connect with me at your itinerary on Twitter and let me know if you want to come on the show. If you have an interesting story to tell, if you want to talk about your photography and your travels, then by all means, uh, send me a note, hit me up and we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do. But, uh, David doesn't travel for a living. He doesn't, he's not a professional photographer, but he has an enormous number of travel photographs on his website at davidmburn.com. And, um, so I had a good time talking to David about that and, and how he fits travel into his life and how he pays for it all and, uh, and all that kind of good stuff. So I, I think you'll find that really interesting. David was a really cool guy. And uh, when I interviewed him, he was in Ireland. And by now, by the time this goes on the air, he's in Cuba. And he was telling me that he wasn't going to have any internet, so he wouldn't be able to listen to it. But I, I hope that he uh, gets a chance to listen to it and enjoy it when he gets back from his several months in the Caribbean. So I've spent a rare week and a half or two at home and I'm uh, trying to get caught up and recording interviews and that kind of thing. I actually completed my uh, all my levels and that kind of thing and I'm now officially a master in the Arcanum. And uh, if you don't know what that is, then please go to thearcanum.com and, uh, and check it out. It's a really interesting way of, of learning and, for me, teaching photography, and I'm pretty excited about it. I have a few apprentices already, and I have room for more, so be sure and get your application in and look me up on the Arcanum. And uh, I'm off to Hunt's Photo to their flagship store in Melrose, Massachusetts this weekend. I'll be there on Friday and Saturday. I'm doing a presentation on 4K photo and hybrid photography, and one on travel photography. That'll be Friday night and then again on Saturday morning. So if you're in the Boston area, then uh, come on out to Hunts and look me up. And here's David Byrne. Welcome, David, and thanks for being on the show. Great to be here, Rob. Right on. Well, first of all, I'd like to talk about your website and your blog. Uh, it is a huge collection of travel stories and photography from all over the world. Um, how long have you been posting at davidmburn.com and what made you decide to start a travel blog in the first place? Well, first of all, I'm glad you said, uh, I'm glad you noticed that it's actually a huge repository because it's, um, it's taken me quite a while to put it all together, as you can probably imagine. Um, I've been traveling uh, on and off, mostly off since uh, 2002, um, but I didn't start out as a travel photographer. Um, I just started out as a traveler who sort of found photography along the way. Um, I first started taking photographs up on my travels in about 2004, mid-2004, early 2005, um, and I've obviously been gathering uh, digital photos ever since, uh, mostly just point-and-shoots, uh, basic point-and-shoot photos from the early days. Uh, I didn't uh, stumble across uh, my own website uh, registering my domain until 2010, hmm. uh, and pretty much ever since then I've been going back through my photos and uh, culling them and doing what needs to be done to put them up online and to add the stories to them. But I, I always sort of blogged as I went or as I traveled, even in the early days, I did have an online presence. It just wasn't a self-hosted presence. So I've either been adding to that via my present travels or going back over my previous travels and, and migrating them over to my own hosted site. 
Wow, that keeps you out of trouble, I guess. <laughs> it, keep, it keeps me busy. I mean, people always say that I do spend too much time on my site, and I do, but I, 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 I guess I'm working towards getting it to somewhere where where I can just sit back and say, okay, this is where I've traveled. And, uh, and it's, it's, for me, it's, it's basically an online diary. It's just a recap of where I've been and what I've seen when I'm there. Um, and I, I, I know for a fact that I'm the, I'm, the only, I'm the main person in the world who gets satisfaction out of it, and that's okay with me. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. So many people do yeah. so many things specifically now. Um, like there's so many shows and books and everything about how to blog for a living. So, yeah. I mean, in a way it's kind of refreshing that you blog because you want to talk about where you've been and, and uh, kind of put it exactly. all together. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 sampled uh, what you've spoken about with regards to uh, people starting blogs specifically to make money, or people who even have blogs who do make money from it. It's a it's a very very difficult thing to do to uh, to make money from a travel blog. It's especially difficult to make money from a photography blog. Um, I understand how difficult it is, and I'm sort of glad that I don't I, I don't try and tackle that uh, because it sort of would detract from from what I enjoy doing, which is traveling to take photographs to uh, to post them on the website. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And and it, like you said, it's so much work. Um, I would love to have yeah. the time to just do all of the things that people do to drive traffic and, and make a living just from their blog, but that's got to be your, your full-time gig. Um, so yeah. speaking of that, what, what is your full-time gig? How do you, how do you get to go all these places and, and, and all that kind of stuff? Do you, do you have a job that sends you on the road, or, or do you just play hooky from work a lot? Um, well, I sort of have a job and I sort of don't have, I certainly don't have a full-time gig. Um, I was based in, I have an affiliation or a connection with a, with a company in Korea. Uh, it's an educational company. Mm -hmm. um, it specializes in running um, educational programs for Korean school children. And the company in question requires, in, in order for it to make money, it requires uh, to be staffed by by overseas foreign teachers, in native English-speaking teachers from, from say North America, the UK, Canada, or sorry, Australia, New Zealand, native English-speaking countries, mm -hmm. uh, and I basically do the hiring. I'm I'm their one-man HR department. Ah. Um, so while I used to be based in Korea full-time doing the job, um, I left Korea in mid 2012 uh, to go on the road full-time, and I sort of took a, a watered-down version of that role with me. Um, so while uh, while the the job I do at the moment is it, it's via email, it's 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 totally online. It subsidizes my travel, uh, but it certainly doesn't pay for it. Um, I'm basically paying for it a combination of the part time um, work I do at the moment for the company and and savings I have accumulated for the time that or during the time I was in Korea. Right. Well, that's cool. So it's not it's a job that you can basically do anywhere. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're you're in Asia or Africa or whatever. As long as you have an internet connection, you're all set, right? Exactly, yes. And sometimes a job in question does actually see me going to Korea, um, maybe once or twice a year, but it, that's becoming less uh, less of a, less of an occurrence these days. It's mostly online work. Sure, yeah. sure. And I found out just in, in traveling that people, uh, you know, obviously I'm from the United States, and, and people from the U.S. are so rarely in the position that you're in. Like you said, you have savings, and you're going to spend that savings to go travel and and see the world. And just in, in travels I've done to Europe and Costa Rica and that kind of thing, you run across people from the U.K., you run across, I've run across people from Australia that, um, like, oh, I'm between jobs right now, so I'm taking six months to go, 
you know, travel around Europe. Why do, why do you think that is? Why do you think people around the world do that more often than people from the United States? Uh, I'm not sure, and I I'm not sure I would actually agree with that. I've, really, I've, I've met quite a lot of people. Yeah, quite a lot of people from uh, from the states. Of course, they would introduce themselves by saying uh, where they are from in the states, as opposed to being from the states. So right. they'd say, "Hi, I'm from New Jersey," or "Hi, I'm from California," or "I'm from Michigan," or something like that. Uh, but no, uh, I, I I meet I, I meet a lot of uh, Americans on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I, gen- I wouldn't say I agree with your with your assessment that they wouldn't be as as traveled or not as traveled, but as as up with the idea of jumping ship and heading and heading overseas. Interesting. Well, I don't think it's necessarily the point of of not traveling as much as not taking, you know, months at a time. You know, Americans tend to think okay. of vacation as a week or two, whereas it seems like um, Europeans. And like I said, I, I, it seems like I've run across a ton of people from Australia that it's just not a big deal to take a three month vacation somewhere. Um, and maybe that's just the people that I've yeah. run across, but I don't know a lot of people in the States that, um, that can afford or that decide to afford to just take off for months at a time. Yeah. I think it's more ingrained, Robin, the North American society, our psyche that, that really you should only travel when, when you have been given vacation time. It's like, I guess people in, in my experience, people in North America, they tend to go down the road. If they go to college, um, when they go, when they leave college, they, they get a job and then they're given their vacation time and that's when they vacation. Right. And they, they get the, they, they get the house, they get the mortgage, they get the minivan, they have the family. And that's the sort of life they lead. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I think it's more, it's more ingrained in North American society than it would be, say, in, in Australian or, or, or UK or Irish society. Right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, um, so you mentioned that you were not necessarily a photographer before you started on the road. And I think a lot of people, and me included, we started making photos as a, kind of a reaction to our travels. Tell me about that. That progression. You said you started with point shoot cameras. Um, yeah. When did you decide that you needed to to go further? You know, get better equipment, and that kind of thing. Uh, actually, when I very first, even when I first started traveling O two, I didn't even travel with a camera. I mean, photography was was the furthest thing from my mind at that stage. Um, I guess I just picked up a digital camera in 2004 because I, it was it was maybe something I, I, I thought I might have liked to bring with me on the road. Um, I started taking photographs and for some reason I, I decided to give myself a, a Flickr presence. It was my first online presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on Flickr. Um, and I just started uploading photos to Flickr. Um, although I didn't do that until 2008 and 2009. And uh, I registered for Flickr in 2005. Uh, so, but so at that stage, I had quite a collection of photos that I was going to upload. Um, I guess I just enjoyed the um, I, I enjoyed the process of taking photographs and documenting my travels. Um, even before I decided to put them up online, and once I put them up online, I guess I started getting it, getting some positive feedback. People liked what they were seeing, um, and I, just, I, 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 I guess I just kept going. A lot of it had to do, I have to say, with the camera. I the very, the very first camera I, I bought it was. It was just a budget point and shoot Canon camera, but it still had full manual controls. Um, so I could still play with shutter speed. I could still play with aperture. Uh, I could play with ISO. Um, so I sort of learned a lot uh, with regards to how cameras worked and how you could change, um, as I said, shutter speed and depth of field and all that sort of stuff. So it sort of, I guess it just sort of got me curious more about photography. Yeah. Uh, and, and then when I moved to Korea, 
Uh, Korea is like an Aladdin's cave for for electronics, not just camera gear. Um, so I was exposed then to higher end cameras, and that's when I got my first uh, DSLR. Uh, and I guess it just went from there. Um, I do have to say, though, in relation to your question, I don't class myself uh, as a photographer. I'm still a traveler who happens to take photographs on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I travel to see places to uh, to scratch a curiosity I have about locations and about cultures. Um, I just happen to bring a camera with me. Um, and I guess I like taking photographs and, as I said, posting them uh, to my website. Sure, sure. What, what sort of... Ref- uh, um References did you use to learn about photography? Did you was it all just sort of trial and error, or did you, you know, follow any particular photographers or uh, books? Yeah, or it was a, it, it would have been a combination of uh, of of trial and error. I did read a lot of online material uh, from sites like uh, CambridgeandColor.com. Um, I found actually the blog from LensRentals.com. Yeah, um, there's a lot of a lot of great great articles on there about the workings and the inner workings of lenses and and camera equipment. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of online learning supplemented with obviously going out on the street and shooting, um, posting stuff online, uh, getting feedback, uh, getting critiques, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just sort of, I guess, I just sort of fell into a pattern, fell into a way of taking photographs that that I'm just, I'm still actually working on. Sure, and that's that's uh, great. I, I think a lot of a lot of people that want to be quote travel photographers um, should listen to what you just said about being a traveler and taking a camera because uh, it's easy. I, I've fallen into the same thing where you go to a place and you think, okay, I'm going to make some great travel yeah. photos and you stop yeah. having an experience and you start focusing on um, looking for good pictures instead of just having an experience and capturing it. Exactly. That's what you spoke with uh, with David Dushman a couple of weeks ago about the very same thing. It's about just traveling for traveling's sake and, uh, and then documenting it, but not, while documenting, not taking away from the experience of traveling, which is for me the most important thing. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah. that makes a difference. It shows in your work. Um, you know, I notice a, a few things that that sort of um, are recurring in your photos. Looking through, I mean, I haven't looked through your entire website. I don't. I haven't had that much time. Yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> but but I like the your the sort of graphic quality that your photos have. Uh, I like some of the um, sort of modernist photographers that do these. Um, I don't know. It's almost more about the design than the subject. I really like that a lot. And I notice that you include people a lot in the frame. Is that intentional or, or I guess my question is, are you, are you looking for particular things when you go shoot or uh, do you just react to what you see and what you find? Yeah, it's 100% reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, obviously, uh, if, I'm, if I'm going to location or if I'm planning to go to location, I would do some very basic uh, research on what's what 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 to expect to see and what I might like to photograph, um, but generally when I hit the streets in any of the cities or towns or any locations that I, that I'm traveling in, it's basically with a with an open mind just to see what happens and um, to see what's around the next corner. I tend to uh, hope I tend to try and give myself a minimum uh, of two days in any one location, yeah. and if that is the case, um, I would tend to say maybe if I arrive in the late afternoon or the early evening, I would maybe scout it scout out a couple of locations uh, one day and then maybe go around and photograph them uh, the next day. I tend also to try and get to certain locations at different times of the day when the lighting may be different. Uh, I would earmark certain locations in certain cities where I would like to be for a certain time of the day, uh, that sort of stuff. So I'm always, while I, 
while photography, while traveling is the, is the most important aspect um, of travel for me, and it's not photography. When I'm actually traveling and taking photographs, I'm 100% focused on, on on taking photographs and how I can get the best photographs and and where to get the best photographs. So right. it's sort of a, it's sort of it it, it takes over ex- uh, uh, everything I do when I travel, which is something I can do because I tend to travel solo. Mm-hmm. Um, I have traveled with friends before and and partners before, but it never really works out because I'm I guess because I'm focused 100% on photography, uh, during the day obviously out and about taking photographs and then going uh, having a look at my photographs and reviewing what I've done uh, in the evening. It's not I do have some downtime, but it's what I enjoy doing when I travel is taking photographs uh, and uh, and looking at my photographs. So for me, travel while travel is travel. It's also about the photography. Absolutely. Well, you do a great job yeah. of, of capturing a sense of motion in a lot of your pictures. And uh, I really enjoy the way that a lot of your, your photos that do have people in them, you really get um, sort of a local feel to the people. It doesn't just look like somebody in the picture. It looks like somebody who belongs there. I think you do a great yeah. job of that. And it's very interesting you should say that, Rob, because somebody recently asked me, um, I appreciate that, uh, somebody recently asked me uh, what is what what team – do I have or what do I try and capture in my pictures? And I tried to explain to them that I don't really have a team. I don't really have a desire for my photos. I just I just go out and react to whatever I see. But I do try and uh, and always get people in my photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting that you should uh, that you should point that out. If uh, if only for a sense of scale, uh, but also to as uh, as uh, uh, as you say, give some authenticity to the to the environment I'm capturing. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Um, and I think it's yeah. easy, especially for beginning photographers, to shy away from photographing people. Especially if you're thinking about travel, you're thinking about the place. And I've heard people complain yeah. because there's so many people in their pictures and things like that. And I think it's uh, yeah. I, I think you're a lot better served to incorporate them than try to sort of buck against that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I very I I very rarely complain about any sort of situation. I sort of if just uh, I I just try and photograph exactly what's in front of me, and there's 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 good and bad and everything. The only thing that sort of really annoys me at the moment is the is the selfie sticks. But oh that's my god, not a, that's not something we're going to talk about no. here and now. No. no, please. I remember when those came out, and I thought, well, that's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And then, yeah, like yeah. last last fall, I was doing a workshop in New York, and you you couldn't walk ten feet without getting poked in the eye with somebody's selfie stick it was crazy yeah anyway yeah. like you said that's a story for another time <laughs> yeah, well yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's interesting that you mentioned doing some scouting even if you only have a couple of days and going back when the light yeah. is different because it's very rare that great photographs just magically happen there there needs to be a little bit of um of thought put into the light and the location and that kind of thing um, what sort of uh, are there any tools that you use regularly to try to to do that research? You mentioned uh, looking up places that you might want to shoot. Do you use any particular websites or apps or anything like that? You know, Rob, I don't. Um, I just I basically just wait until I get to a location uh, and then pray that I have the time at my disposal uh, to, uh, to 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 do the location justice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I certainly I know a lot of people, a lot of photographers would actually look up. Um, uh, say Google images of certain locations and maybe even go out and try and replicate those photos and that's not something I do now obviously there's locations around the world where you know what you're going to see before you even go there Uh, iconic locations like the Golden Gate Bridge or the Taj Mahal Uh, you know exactly what you're going to get before you even set foot uh, in places like that but generally no I don't 
I don't uh, I don't try and do any sort of uh, pre pre arrival planning or or, or or investigating in that manner. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I uh, find it's, it's it's totally spontaneous. Uh, yeah, I've, I find for me personally and, and creatively, that actually gets in my head a little bit too much. If I look up too many images of where I'm going, then you f- I find myself looking for particular shots that I've seen. And I just I just rather have a kind of a clean Absolutely. slate. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, man. Um, well, we've got to got to wrap it up. Unfortunately, this has been a, a really interesting interview, man. So I'm going to do my usual five questions. And uh, okay. the first two are connected. So it's what's your current photo gear? Uh, that you take on the road, and how has that changed in the last year? Uh, okay, my current photo setup is um, I've had a Canon 60D now for about four years. Uh, it's my primary camera. Um, with that, I have a, a 24 to 70 lens. Um, I have a couple of prime lenses. I have uh, the Nifty 50. I have a the Canon 40mm Pancake. Uh, I have a Sigma 30mm 1.2. Um, I have a a zoom on that at 70 to 300 canon zoom um, and that has been my primary camera now so as i said for about four years uh, i normally go through about three year cycles of changing my camera mm-hmm. um, but i decided not to change uh, my canon uh, last uh, last year because i i bought into the mirrorless system oh yeah yeah uh, so to, yeah so to complement uh, the the canon i have a sony nex 5r uh, with uh, a wide angle lens and a couple of zooms and a prime lens um, I bought that, as I said, to complement the um, uh, the Canon, the, the EOS. I didn't buy that, as most people seem to be buying into the mirrorless system now because of the weight or the bulk uh, of SLRs. Um, the Canon 60D, it it is a crop camera. It's not it's not particularly big. It's not a it's not a full frame camera, and uh, so my uh, my setup isn't particularly big. I just bought the uh, the mirrorless system because I was I was I was intrigued by it, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted something to complement it. Uh, to complement the, the the SLR, which I still class as my as my primary camera. Gotcha. So you're not doing the big switch, and and you're still traveling pretty much loaded for bear. I know, like you said, a lot of people are talking <laughs> about the about the weight savings and that kind of thing. But you st- you bring yeah. both both systems usually when you go on the road. I do bring both systems. Yeah, as I said, I don't find them. I don't find them a hindrance. Um, I, um, people uh, assumed when I first bought into the mirrorless system that I was going to drop. Uh, <laughs> to drop the Canon EOS, but no, uh, I still bring most of them. I'd probably do 60% of photography on the Canon, 40% on the, uh, on, on, on the Sony, but that's slowly creeping up. It's, it's getting towards parity these days. Right. Um, what, but, um, what sort of things, um, make you, uh, uh, help your decision, I guess, to use one or the other? Well, I, I initially bought into the, um, to the mirrorless system because um, I wasn't I, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of wide angle photography mm-hmm. uh, and I wasn't too happy with the wide angle uh, lens that I had on my Canon so I bought into the Sony uh, mirrorless system with a view to getting the wide angle lens on the Sony it's it's sort of a daft decision or sort of a daft <laughs> reason to to buy into a total different camera system but it was it was as good a reason as any I guess at the time sure um, so yeah, basically I would use I shoot all my wide angle stuff on the on the Sony mirrorless camera and then pretty much the rest of everything on the uh, on, on on the Canon. I see. So that probably makes it kind of easy if you're going to make a wide angle shot, you pull out one camera with a particular lens and then for everything else you just use the Canon. That makes sense. Exactly. That's that's pretty much how it works, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, this is kind of a loaded question for somebody that travels as much as you do, but is there, is there anything that you do on the road to, to feel more like home when you travel? 
you probably feel more like home when you travel <laughs> um yeah that that's actually true um feel like home not really to be honest no not really um i i keep in touch with home i guess that makes me feel um a little bit more at home but i don't really do anything on the road that makes me feel at home just no not really yeah that's one of the big things for me is uh man facetime with my kids every day and yeah getting to getting to see people makes a huge difference even more than a phone call that's that's a yeah. huge Huge. And of course, it's 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 so much easier these days to to keep in touch with loved ones at uh, at home. As just, I mean, Wi-Fi is ubiquitous, no matter where you go these days. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, from a photography standpoint, what's your favorite place that you visited lately? Oh, good question. Um, lately, I would say last year it was six weeks I spent in Morocco. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a I, I, I sort of knew before I went there that it that it was going to be a photo, uh, a photographic treat, but it really was. It's just it's such an amazing country and um, fo- uh, photographic opportunities at every turn, everything from crumbling architecture, uh, to, to, to desert sands. It's just really, really an amazing country. Um, that would be my recent, um, my most recent, I guess, uh, photographic highlight that would have been this time last year in mm. the mid 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 2014 yeah what's what's yeah. an average length of a trip you said you like to have at least two days in a location but then you spent six weeks in morocco what's what's an average um time that you try to spend somewhere um in one particular location yeah um yeah as i said minimum of two days but uh generally it's two or three days but it depends on um on, on, on what there is to do and see in a location or it depends on, 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 on the itinerary I've, I've roughly planned out for myself how much time I have to get from A to B uh, for example I've just finished a, uh, a, a seven sorry a 60 day 64 day trip through Central Asia wow. um, so that's uh, I sort of took my time towards the, the start of the trip and sort of ran out of a, ran out of time at the end I had a I actually had an end date to that trip um, so I sort of I, I left myself a little bit of sh- a little bit of time short at the end uh, so the, the the latter part of the trip was squeezed it was compressed a little bit more than I would have hoped um, but generally I tend yeah at least two or three days in a location um, or a couple of months at least in, in 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 a particular region depending on obviously the size of the region nice nice yeah well where uh, where are you looking forward to visiting and shooting next uh, next up um, I'm heading for the the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to spend a couple of months in uh, Cuba, uh, Jamaica, and then doing some island hopping in the Caribbean, uh, ultimately uh, before getting to uh, South America. Uh, and I hope to spend the second half of the year in South America. Uh, and uh, with a bit of luck, I'll get to see um, the Galapagos, Easter Island, and uh, towards the very end, uh, Antarctica, which is, uh, I guess, the ultimate destination. And it's been uh, obviously on the bucket list for for, for quite a while so all going to plan I've been trying to get there for a couple of years but uh, it looks set in stone this year so hopefully uh, 2015 will finally see me uh, getting to uh, getting to Antarctica nice uh, Easter yeah. Island is definitely at the top of my bucket list yeah um, I read uh, Thor Heyerdahl's book Aku Aku several years wow. ago and it's been yeah. it's uh, you know after reading that how can you not want to go to Easter Island you know exactly and I was actually just looking at uh, at flights to Easter Island a few days ago a friend of mine tried to get there last year uh-huh. uh, but but he made the mistake of getting to the South American continent and then looking at flights ah. uh, and even a couple of months in advance uh, they were they were very 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 limited availability so uh, hopefully I won't be making that mistake so I'll, I'll be booking my flight to Easter Island hopefully in, within the coming weeks nice um so yeah uh, the rest of the year is is uh, is going to be pretty exciting for me 
I don't know what I'm going to follow it up with uh, with regard to 2016, but I guess <laughs> I guess I'll worry about that later in the right. year, and, and certainly after Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great, man. Well, let me know yeah. when we're leaving for Easter Island. I'll meet you in uh, in Chile. Absolutely, we split the we can split the accommodation costs. There you go. I'm in. <laughs> sounds great. Well, Dave, thanks so much for being on the show, man. That was that was fun. And uh, where can listeners find out about you online? Uh, everything streams from my website, which is uh, davidmburn.com. That's D-A-V-I-D-M-B-Y-R-N-E.com. Um, all my social media links go from there. And uh, obviously, that's the, the center of my online universe. Very cool. And I've, of course, I'll put that link in the show notes. And um, not the same David Byrne. It was funny. I did a search for David Byrne. And of course, I got talking heads and <laughs> that kind of thing. And- yeah, Rob, you will have no idea how many hostels I check into around the world. And uh, the person <laughs> checking me into the hostel would say, look at me and say, hey, you're not D. David Byrne. I said, no, no, I'm not D. David Byrne. No, no. Unfortunately not. Just A. David Byrne. Just right. A. David Byrne. Yeah, well, that's, yes, exactly. that's good enough. That's good enough for us. Yeah, man. yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Well, safe travels, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. You bet. And if you like what you hear on your itinerary, please tell all your friends about it and stop by iTunes and leave us some positive feedback. And uh, connect with us on Twitter at Your Itinerary. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Your Itinerary with Rob Knight. Head over to thisweekinphoto.com to check out the other TWIP shows and get on our mailing list. Become a TWIP member to get exclusive benefits and member pricing on TWIP products and workshops. Start planning your next adventure, and we'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for travel and photography.